Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and welcome to Small Biz Chat Live. Now, Small Biz Chat Live is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get and share invaluable business advice. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. And we've been doing this thing 11 years and we're not going to stop anytime soon. We all know right now we are living in perilous times and we need motivation, inspiration, and good ideas. And that is what we have for you tonight. You know, our goal at Small Biz Chat is to give you information Sage advice that's going to take your business to the next level. I am so excited to have my next guest on because he is really doing something that's very critical right now. We're in the pandemic. It's COVID-19. It's still going on. Many, many, many small businesses have been affected. People are unemployed and, you know, calling your creditors, trying to get an extension. Some are giving it, some are not. And you want to know how you can manage your credit, what should you be saying to the credit reporting agency so that this time doesn't, you know, scar your credit for life. So I thought it was really important to bring my guest James Hunt on because he is a multimillionaire entrepreneur. He is known as the celebrity credit guru. He's the go-to person for credit repair, and he helps many in the nation's top A-list entertainers, athletes, and thousands of people every day gain the chance to achieve good credit and excellent credit. And for more information, his website is celebritycreditguru.com. James, welcome to Small Biz Chat Live. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm really excited to hear your story. So tell me, how did you get into the credit repair business? Wow. So I had my inner circle of friends and family members who had issues. And I've always been like aggressive with writing letters. And I could actually, whatever I was confronting, I always was really good at making arguments and and getting people to see things my way. And credit repair and credit became like, just like the go-to and everyone would come to me and say, this is, this is my issue. And I would work with them to solve whatever their credit issues were. Well, now, why is credit such an important aspect of a person's overall financial health? I mean, is it really like your personal credit score is as valuable as your Social Security number, right? I mean, like, why is it so important? And, and what kind of emphasis do people who will extend you credit put on it? Wow. So it is extremely important because it will open every kind of financial door that you need to get into. And I think that the the majority of people or some people don't realize how important your credit score is until they have doors slammed in their faces. Whether they're trying to get into a home or whether they're trying to rent an apartment, whether they're trying to buy a new car, start a business. And all of a sudden, it becomes extremely valuable to them to understand that my score has to be this and my score is not quite here where I need it to be. And that I knew I had some issues going on, but I have not addressed those issues 
And so all of a sudden it becomes an emergency. And most of the people who come to me come to me in a state of emergency. Okay. So tell me, what are some of the common myths or misconceptions people have about credit? Well, some of the misconceptions is, is that because my score is what it is, that I just simply have to live with it that these late payments will affect me forever and all kinds of different uh, issues that are in the credit report that they don't understand that they can actually be proactive and that if you are proactive with uh, your credit, that you can literally, what your issues that you're facing today, you may not have to face them tomorrow if you are proactive. All right. So tell us what constitute poor credit, good credit, excellent credit in, in your book? Well, it's not necessarily my book. So it is according to the FICO credit score. So the FICO credit score calculates that your score is bad credit if you have a as low as 300 to a 629 credit score, FICO credit score. And if you have a 630 to a 689, then you're in the fair category, credit category. And then if you're at a 690 to a 719, then you're in a good credit category, which means that you can get certain things. And then obviously, if you're in the 720 to an 850, then it opens up every door and basically you have excellent credit and it's possibly that nothing is impossible to you to get as long as you're in that excellent credit category. All right. So with 40 people unemployed, what are the best suggestions you have for people whose credit have been impacted by what's going on? You know, loss of a job or they run a small business and all of a sudden they, you know, can't be open for two and a half months. What do you think that these people should be doing right now to protect their credit? To protect their credit is that you just simply don't sit there and just let it happen to you. So you have to pick up that phone and call those creditors and let those creditors know this is what I'm facing. This is what I'm facing with my car note. This is what my employment status is. I have not received my check or my stimulus check yet, and I'm still waiting on this. Can you give me this amount of grace period? What is it that you're doing to impact those who are being impacted by this? And you would be surprised that the majority of creditors will work with you and then will extend whatever it is that you're going through and will delay any late payments and give you this grace period in which to actually um, make those payments and or push the late payments or push the payments back three or four months. Well, you know, it's interesting. I have heard that some creditors are doing that. I've also heard that creditors like American Express did it for 30 days and said, that's it. They want their money. So, I mean, what do you do when a creditor surprises you with uh, other people have been doing three, six months and they're doing 30 days and kind of didn't tell you they were only doing 30 days? How do you manage that? So ultimately, the creditor is going to set his own rules on what they will and will not allow. So you just simply have to work with them. I have clients that have had issues with American Express and American Express has told them originally what they were only going to do. And then when it was actually put on paperwork in the form of a legal dispute, they then made other adjustments. So a lot of times what a creditor will tell you what they will will or will not do, you really can't pay that much attention to it because they have a certain things that they have to say or can't say. But if you actually put it in writing, then you'll get a different kind of response. Ah, okay. So the key is to put it in writing. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about, switch gears a little bit. Let's talk about small businesses because a lot of people didn't realize that you have a business credit score alongside your personal credit score. Can you talk a little bit about how one goes about building their business credit? Yes. So it is called the Paydex score. 
And so as what your FICO credit score is to your personal credit, the payday score is to your business credit. And it will determine whether you're able to establish the business credit that you need to establish. Now, if you don't already have a payday score established, or if you are a new company and you have not already established credit yet, then most creditors will do what's called a personal guarantor. And they will allow, look in your personal credit of the owner of the company and make decisions based upon your FICO credit score and use you as a personal guarantor for your business and then go off of that and then establish you the credit. And then eventually it's, it's basically giving you the training wheels for your business credit. And then eventually you want to get to the point where you, your business credit can stand on its own. And then you build that payday score up to at least about an 80 or above so that you can then separate your business from your personal and your business will be able to stand on its own payday score. Okay. That's really helpful to know because I, I wasn't even 100% sure. I knew I, I've been in business 20 years, so I knew I had a payday score, but I wasn't sure how to go about building one if you're just getting started. So tell me, what is the hunt? I know that you talk about this. What What is the hunt? So I have multiple companies, but the hunt is, is, is my passion. So I hire a lot of at-risk people and I'm not the conventional employer. And so I'll take people that, I may not hire, they go into the Morehouse and hire uh, some of my staff, but I may take some staff. I hired a busboy recently and the, the busboy that actually hired about a year ago, is now my office manager. And he had no skills whatsoever, but I took him and I saw potential in him and I hired him. And so The Hunt is is, is a book that I'm writing, which is the art of teaching young entrepreneurs how to hunt for what it is that they want and in life and how to go after it and how to be relentless in going after it. So that is now my current passion is teaching young entrepreneurs. I said to someone a couple of days ago that I'm no longer hiring employers. I mean, employees only hiring entrepreneurs. And so I have to be able to see an entrepreneur in them before I actually hire them. And so I'm teaching them to hunt for what they want. So you clearly, you're mentoring, you're grooming people. You're not just like giving somebody a job and being like, do this. Oh my God, there is a story behind every person. There's a story behind literally everybody that I touch in my life. And nobody in my inner circle has bad credit. Everybody has excellent credit. Nobody has a, a raggedy car. Nobody has a, a and I'm, I'm a borderline interior decorator. And so every I, I my hands are in every aspect of their life to make sure that everything is up to standards. And so I make sure that they're they're living their best life. Well, I mean, are you adopting grown people? Because I mean, you can, you, I can get on your team. Hey, I can get on your team. <laughs> Listen, I, I really appreciate this insight and knowledge. And when we come back on Small Biz Chat Live, I'm going to talk to James Hunt very seriously about how we can help the 54% of African-Americans who do not have a living wage and what we can do to help economic equity. This is Melinda Emerson. You are watching Small Biz Chat Live, and we will be right back. Are you tired of struggling in your business, not taking a paycheck, dreading dealing with your business in the morning? Are you regretting even starting your business in the first place? Well, I know you're tired, and I also remember what that kind of tired is like, but the good news is it's time to stop feeling that way. 
I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, and my new book, Fix Your Business, is a 90-day turnaround plan to get back your life and reduce chaos in your business. I've been in business nearly 20 years, and let me teach you how to build a business that works for you. Grab a copy today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Small Biz Chat Live. We are back with my guest, James Hunt, the celebrity credit guru. And he and I are going to have a conversation now about this whole Black Lives Matter movement and what it really means in terms of the racial equity gap, in terms of the economic gap. As I was saying when we were going out to break, 54% of African-Americans in the U.S., do not have a living wage, which means they work. They work two part-time jobs and can't even afford to feed their children. And so they can't afford to live in nice neighborhoods and have their kids go to nice schools. And so I want to talk about, there's so many ideas and things that have been thrown out here about what can be done, but I wanted to talk to the credit guru about what could be done to help everyone achieve parity in terms of generational wealth and income. So James, let's just dive into this, you know, in the wake of the George Floyd murder and too many others, you know, what do you suggest that could be done right now to help all African-Americans achieve economic parity? So I think that first that business owners have a responsibility to educate. And those of us who have achieved any amount of success, financial or otherwise, have a responsibility to actually reach back and to teach others. And I think that our people, our people, this this is a, a biblical truth, is that our people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. And so we who have knowledge have a responsibility to whom much is given, much is required. We have a responsibility to educate them, not just simply to go and educate them. And then if I'm driving on and leave Buckhead and go on that side of town and educate them and then come back and sit behind my gated community and say that I've done my job. But we have a responsibility to actually Go and get some of them and take them and bring them into our world and expose them into another whole life. I, I was telling you in the, in the last segment that I have like young in, employees. Some of them came from Bankhead and who had never did anything and never been exposed to anything. And they have their first apartments, they have their first cars, they have their first things, and they're learning the business and they're learning how to carry themselves and how to dress and how to, in in a work environment, and how I expose them to all the different celebrity clients that come into the office and how to carry themselves professional and not be groupies and be professional on the board. So I think we have a responsibility to take them and to educate them. I do all kinds of things. I give away suits and I'll go to like halfway houses and I'll give away suits. I'm doing a dinner party on Thursday at a half, I mean on Saturday at a halfway house for at-risk men who are just getting out of prison. And I'm doing it to help them to get to what they need to get to. So you think it's an it's an onus on us as individuals to help. You don't believe that the that the government necessarily owes us anything or that that there's a reason, you know, mass incarceration, all this kind of stuff. I mean, it's cyclical and it was done intentionally. So how do we unravel some of that? I mean, I, I read recently that Bob Johnson, billionaire Bob Johnson, who formerly owned BET, was suggesting that, you know, all African Americans should get $350,000. You know, what are your thoughts about that or, you know, some other kind of reparation? Well, and then and then what 
do what with the, the money? And so if they have not been educated, then the $300,000 would just be wasted. And so I think that we have an obligation to actually teach and and empower them so that they understand what it is to do. And I think that we are away with the day of waiting for the government to help us and to supply this for us. We who have been empowered have a responsibility to impact all of those that we come in contact with to help bring, bring them up. I believe in the idea of the it takes a village. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I do a lot of that, too with interns and others and, and kids in the community and kids in our church community in particular. Mm. But what what policies can we do beyond education that you believe that education is the key to fix everything? I mean, what policies can be changed to help the African-American community combat, you know, cyclical poverty? I mean, because, you know, I live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We are the poorest major city in America. So when COVID-19 happened and the lockdown happened, there were kids who, who, who didn't have computers at home. So then they got everybody Chromebooks. Then there were kids that didn't have internet. And they were telling those kids to go to the parking lot of the school district's building and sit in the park like they had somebody to drive them, some imaginary person in their household that didn't work, that could drive them to sit in the parking lot so that they could do their schoolwork jumping off of the school district's Wi-Fi. I mean... This, this stuff is crazy. I mean, you know, let alone the food insecurity issues that exist all over the country, but especially in urban communities. They had to keep some schools open just to give out the free lunches. So, I mean, there, there, this is such a big problem. I mean, do you think there's a policy issue that, that, that could be rectified? Well, I think that our lawmakers have to, we have to hold their feet to the fire to make sure they're in the know and they have more information than I do. I won't pretend to actually be an expert on outside of the lane in which I'm in, but I understand that the lane that I'm in, I have a responsibility to give back in that lane. And so while I may not know what the mayor should be doing or what the legislators should be doing or what Congress or the senators should be doing. I am I am in support of whatever they're doing for the, for the community. But there are certain things that I don't know. But I know that I have a responsibility with the people that have been entrusted with me to help them and to pull them up. I agree. We'll leave it at each one does have to teach one. And that is, you know, we have to do what we can where we are and hope that others see us and, and, and follow our good example. Well, thank you so much, Jane, for being a guest on Small Biz Chat Live. All right. What is your favorite old school marketing tip? Old school marketing tip. What's your favorite one? Know your clients. Know your clientele base. Know your product and market it as best as you can. All right. All right. I'm going to take that. What is the best business book you've ever read? My first and favorite was Don, John H. Johnson's Succeeding Against the Odds. I love that book, too. That's a great book. The, found, the founder of uh, Ebony Magazine, Jet Magazine. That is a fantastic book. Good choice. Good choice. Listen, you guys, thank you so much. This show was terrific tonight. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady. Till next time, remember this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, 
visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.